find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William. You're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. As I've always said, who has 10 or 20 years to wait for healing? It's important to get information whenever we can, as soon as we can. This is the only health show anywhere, and I stand behind this 100%, where the information here doesn't come from anything that was tampered with, like from interest groups, medical funding with strings attached, botched research, botched research, thumb on the scale, putting a thumb on the scale because people are paying for it out there. Yep, in alternative medicine, sorry to say it, and conventional medicine. Internal kickbacks, persuaded belief systems. That's right, because belief systems get in the way of science and research. Private panels of influencers. Yep, there's a whole bunch of panels out there that nobody knows about. So when we deal with our trendy information, it gets around. There was a panel behind one of them, and that panel (laughs) may not be so great. And health field payoffs because money changes hands in the health environment and trendy traps. I have to say this now because because people who just come on to the show – They think this is just information that anybody can get that's just anywhere, and who cares? Uh, Let's just, you know, whatever. And then they might glean from a tidbit, and it might get lost in the world of misinformation. It's critical that you know what's going on, both in conventional and alternative medicine. The information here comes from a higher source, a pure source, an untampered with clean, advanced source, a higher source. Spirit of the Compassion. I was born with the gift to hear spirit perfectly clear at the age four. The age four. And uh, at that age, it wasn't any fun. And it still isn't today, believe it or not. Hearing the spirit talk in my ear 24-7 and telling me what's going on with people. It's no fun when when I'm on the plane, I'll tell you that. I hate getting on the plane. That is for sure. So, uh... But what are you going to do? Sometimes we have to fly places. Anyway, (laughs) there's nothing more healing than compassion, like I said before. And um, so today's show, what's today's show about? It's about kidneys, kidneys, kidney disease, kidney problems, anything kidney related. Let's cover whatever we can. And um, it's important because kidneys matter. And we have to definitely cover that. Have you checked out Thyroid Healing? My latest book, Thyroid Healing. Have you checked it out? Get yourself a copy. Lock down a, lock down a copy if you can. I don't want to sound like a broken record with this, but believe me, you won't be disappointed with this. I hope you won't because I gave it everything I had with Spirit and I. And uh, I took down every single bit of information from Spirit. And um, I mean... Even hormones that science and research haven't discovered yet that are in the thyroid, that the thyroid produces, that are undiscovered. Because thyroid, because thyroid hormones were only, you know, we, we're not fully there with knowing what runs the thyroid. Science and research isn't there. And if you don't believe that, think about the things that science and research has, has already had to correct itself just in the last 30 years. 
about where they were 20 years ago with different um, different things going on, and then they had to discover something, you know, between different illnesses, different parts of the body. And um, with the thyroid, there's two undiscovered hormones. You're never going to hear that anywhere else, and you're never going to read it anywhere else. And your your eyeballs are just going to be like your mind is going to go when you read thyroid healing. And you, and you learn about these two hormones and what they do and what role they play and how they play with the thyroid and, you know, what role they play within the body and everything else. That's just a, that's just a, a tidbit of what's in there. And, um, you know, I have a whole section on life without a thyroid. So what happens when you're missing your thyroid from surgery or you had, a, you know, you had the radioactive kill off or whatever it was that you went, that happened with your thyroid to that degree how there's still hope there is still hope with what tissue is left yes tissue that's left i just i talk in detail about that in this book like never before so these are just little tidbits and i know i'm doing i know i'm talking about this i know we got to move on to kidneys but um but I, I can't help it. I'm that excited. <laughs> I'm that excited. They can't shut me up over here and the medical medium office. I can't, I can't. I'm just too excited about you having this in your hand because you will be an expert about thyroid. Like for real, like an expert though. Um, I mean, what I mean by for real, I mean because there's a lot of thyroid information out there and people, they saturate themselves in it and they're like, okay, now I know all there is to know. No, 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 you don't. You don't know all there is to know. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's, let's move on to kidneys, kidney disease. The thing is with kidney disease uh, in general, diseases, they're a mystery. It's a mystery illness, unless you you have the obvious. You've been injured. Uh, you're a boxer, and you've had your kidneys punched, you know, a thousand times over a course of twenty years, and and then you know, injuries, car accidents, you know, where kidneys uh, mildly rupture or callus because of mild rush, rupture and then they get scar tissue and then you know something grows in there, a keloid or a cyst because of an injury in the spot. Th- there's some things that are kind of meaning we can tell we know what's going on. I mean, science and research can tell and know what's going on. Um, so injuries are one area that's not as much of as a mystery at all when it comes down to kidneys, kidney problems, kidney issues. But in practically almost every other part of kidney disease, it's still an utter, complete, total mystery with kidneys. Uh, I have to say that because it's the truth. Um, we, we have some great things in medical research, medical science. We have, first of all, surgeons, which we need in the world desperately. Surgeons are still, you know, are, are one of our greatest assets in medicine, without a doubt. And um, kidney transplants, incredible. That, you know, science has moved forward with all of that in a way that they haven't b- before in history. And <clears throat> surgical um, procedures are cleaner, easier, better, more efficient than they ever were when it comes down to kidneys. Um, I'm not saying it's super easy to pop out a kidney and put a kidney back into somebody. But, but you know, it's always, it's always a ch- there's always a challenge. I've talked to surgeons before about it. But... Um, but the point is, is we've come a great place. And I know I talk in ways where you might think, hey, that guy's so against research and science. No, I'm, I'm against research and science 
that's shady in chronic illness. That's totally shady for a million and one reasons. Like the body attacking itself, you know, uh, us being told it's just our genes and our body's attacking itself. Um, you know, all these different, all these different theories that have grown into law and then they're taught to new doctors this law. Then they're taught to our children that our bodies are faulty. We're being attacked by our own bodies. Our genes are, you know, are, are horrible. And, and, and many other things. And, you know, many other things that science research just doesn't really, doesn't really do the right thing about because they don't have answers. So, you know, medical research just doesn't have answers for all the chronic illnesses. Not all of them, but 98% of chronic illness is still a mystery. So we have to blame it on somebody who gets blamed on there. It gets blamed on the sick person mostly. So with that being said, I still love research and science. And I still love when it is directed in the right places where they're not just sticking trillions of dollars into genes, billions of dollars into genes because it's so damn interesting when they should just be putting that, those billions into viruses that are causing kidney disease, hidden viruses that are causing kidney disease, but they're so far from that. It's, it's, you know, I mean, literally you wouldn't believe the amount of money that goes into genes because, well, because, you know, genes are easy to, it's easy to sell a gene. It's like the hereditary factor. You're born, you have this similar same nose as your father, your mother, your grandfather. It's just, it's such an easy sell in medicine. You know, you're sick, your mom might've had something similar. Oh, it's genes. Whatever that may be, it's an easy, easy sell. Plus the gene factor puts, always puts the blame on the patient, no matter what, always does. And that's an easy sell too for the industry. So they put, they can put billions into that. Well, the deal is that um, if they just took, if they just took a fraction of that money and they put it into what mystery viruses that haven't been discovered yet are inside the kidney causing kidney disease, we'd be in a whole different place with kidney problems, man, a whole different place. But we would be a whole different place with chronic illness in general if the world worked the right way. The world doesn't work like that. The, the world never did. Come on. You guys know that. I, I'm, it's nothing new. I mean, even down to some of the most simplistic, basic things, you know, um, systems. Systematically, the world just doesn't work that great. So in chronic illness, especially in chronic illness, especially in chronic illness. So kidney disease in general, what, you know, the, what is modern medicine's greatest take, most advanced take on kidney disease? What's modern medicine's most greatest, you know, take on kidney disease? Okay. Um, high blood pressure causing kidney disease and diabetes causing kidney disease, uh, or injury. That's modern medicine's greatest take on kidney disease. Now, I know there's a few mad scientists, which I really respect, um, some incredible doctors and kidney doctors that think outside the box. And, 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 and they know, they know there's more to it than high blood pressure, diabetes, or just genes, or just something happening in the body that's just, you know, meaning like it's just, oh, it just happened. Uh, it just caught no cause, just... You know, that's, that's just your luck. And there's these, you know, some amazing doctors out there 
that that no, there's more to it. They, they're not. They're not dumb. <laughs> they know. They know. But but getting funding to them, getting them to do the you know do what they need to do is not not an option for so many physicians. So many amazing amazing guys and gals out there that are doing incredible work. You know, just selfless work. They wake up every day. They live. They breathe in it. They eat in it. They sleep in it. Back up the next day. And um, all, all for to better humanity in some way, somehow, with a goal of that. And I got tremendous respect for, for doctors, practitioners, physicians, you name it. I mean, there's no doubt. And, and uh, so there are, you know, people out there in the industries that know there's other things at work at hand. Not sure what, but they know there's other causes that could happen, you know. And, but... What really happens with kidneys? Okay, high blood pressure is not a um, is not a good thing for kidneys. Kidneys should not be under high blood pressure. If they're under high blood pressure too long, they tend to. Uh, I mean, you can get anything going on with blood vessels and kidneys. You can get all kinds of problems with kidneys. Kidneys can't handle blood pressure for a multitude of reasons. They're not built for high blood pressure. They're built for high blood pressure for short stints. They're built for high blood pressure for short stints in time throughout somebody's life. They're not built for long-term high blood pressure. Um, diabetes. Uh, that's, that's another thing. Now, diabetes isn't a good thing for kidneys. So when somebody is diabetic, it's not supported for the kidneys. It doesn't help the kidneys. But it's truly not why kidney disease exists. So, And then, of course, injury. Injury is just the obvious. You know, you injure a kidney, anything can happen. So, okay, fine. But what about the rest? What about kidney disease in general? What about even the basic thing, kidney stones? Kidney st- Anybody have a kidney stone out there or had one? I'm sure has one. You know, the funny thing, and it's not funny. Kidney, there's nothing funny about kidney stones. I know I say the funny thing. I say the funny thing in the sense where if I'm out in public or something or somewhere, you know, spirit will tell me who's got a kidney stone or not. Um... In fact, I've 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 done things. I've done even uh, I've even done um, um, segments on shows and stuff out there, and and have found kidney stones in people. It's it it's pretty easy to find a kidney stone in someone, um, as far as because it's not it's not a hard it's not a hard deal to find one. It's a pretty easy on the scan. Spirit allows me to see it if I want, and uh, spirit tells me pretty pretty quickly if someone has one or not. If someone has tiny little ones that really don't matter, a spirit's not going to really tell me because it's 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 they're most likely just going to be urinated out unless it's important because they could get bigger or more could collect than I, then I'll tell the person. But big ones, I see a lot of them out there. And for instance, I was talking about the plane earlier when I get on a plane and um and people are walking by me, um you know, out of. 12 people walking by, maybe one out of 12. It's like kidney stone. And, you know, 15 people walk by kidney stone. Uh, all of a sudden, three people walk by. That's all it took. Kidney stone. Next to this, 18 people walk by kidney stone. And, um, y- you know, so there's, there's plenty of them to be had. How do we get them? We're going to talk about that. <laughs> all right. Apologize for rambling about that, uh, that part. Kidney disease. Um, injury can 
can be even from medications. Okay, we take medications, whether it's recreational or um, whether it's some kind of addiction to a medication or taking too much of it, or we just have to rely on a medication because of some kind of other chronic illness that we're dealing with, chronic pain or chronic problem. Even if it's depression or anxiety, uh, antidepressants, um, anything like this can be difficult on the kidneys. So long-term medication uh, can be hard on kidneys. Well, I remember when I was really young and um, I don't know, I think I was nine or 10 years old at the time. I remember somebody, somebody came up to me um, and it was after church and I remember somebody came up to me and told me about how um, they're having a kidney problem. And they said, so they, they said, Hey, I, 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 you know, and they, they knew me through via, through the family and some other people at the church because I, you know, was known as the, as the kid that could see. Um, so, um, and this person was telling me about the kidneys, the, 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 um, the kidney problem they had and spirit said immediately was, it wasn't, you know, the mystery viruses we're going to talk about in a minute. It wasn't, um, uh, wasn't a kidney stone. But so I was instantly doing the scans for the kidney stones. And um, I knew the dialysis was happening. I knew that was happening. And, um, but, what, but what did come through was injury. But it was an injury from car accidents. It was an injury from it being punched at one time. It was an injury from a fall. It wasn't a rupture from a fall or anything like that. It was an injury from medications. So then I said, are, are you on a lot of medications for anxiety? And the person said, yeah, that's what's, that's what's, that's what we think could be the problem. And so there's, you know, there's, there's lots, there's lots of reasons for kidney problems, but, it, but medications are a tough one, but I understand uh, people have to be on medications in the sense where they're, they're reliant. They need them for so many different things. It's things get rough and tough and they get bad uh, on us in this world. And we don't get given the right options in so many different areas and places in our health and chronic illness. We don't, we don't get opportunities so easy to catch things early and, and to stop them. I mean, there's, there's so much. And so we end up on medications and um, to pick on somebody for being on a medication or be hard on somebody to be on medication is, 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 is terrible. Actually, terrifyingly terrible. I don't know, you know if that made sense, but yeah, um, because you just don't know their full story. You know, I've ran, I've ran through that for decades of, of, of in the past of having an office and helping people out hand in hand every day, all day long, even going through the night, and uh, um, and I ran across it a lot. A lot of people on medications, and in the health field. In the health of alternative medicine, one thing I learned that developed along the way, I think around the 90s in the health field, going into the early 2000s, there was a lot of blame from health practitioners blaming patients for being on that many medications or being addicted to a medication or being, you know, it would, there, there were a lot of, it was, a lot of harshness was going down on people being on meds. I, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like that harshness. Yeah, I knew a lot of different practitioners through just via through other uh, clients and stuff like that. And, and I heard a lot of stories and I've seen a lot of things over the years. And I just felt it wasn't justified, you know. Um, that was at that turning point where conventional medicine, conventional medicine, you know, they were delving out tons of medication. They're trying to cut that back now. 
in conventional medicine the best they can. You know, you know the whole, the, the, you, know, you know the story about the addictions now to opioids and everything else going on. But they've, you know, but people chronically hurt. And, and doctors, they give out an opioid because what else are they going to do? Um, but at this time, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of medication being poured out. And the alternative movement was really hard on patients about it, almost blaming the patients. Really, at that point, you can't even blame the doctor. You can't even blame the doctor or the patient. Well, we have to blame. If we want to throw a blame on anything, it's blame on you know, the system in general about not understanding chronic illness and being so far back in time. Illnesses get, are getting so ahead of us. We're so behind. And, and like I said before, billions of dollars are going into something that's completely not going to help our situation with chronic illness. I know I'm on a tangent here about this, but it matters because with kidney, with patients who lose their kidneys or have kidney disease due to medications such as antidepressants and so forth, they have a guilt. And that, it shouldn't be there, that guilt. Now, I've seen this. It's painstaking. Really, really, really hard on people. I mean, and we have to realize that. We have to figure, we have to look into that. We have to feel that. And, um, so, yeah, so people had to be on a lot of medications in the past. They have to be on them now. They, sure, we want to avoid them when we can. We want to do things when we can. We want to catch things, nip things in the butt. But a lot of people hurt, and, you, and it's hard to stop that hurting because science and research isn't there with chronic illness. For God's sake, it's not there. I mean, it hasn't even scratched the surface. It hasn't even, even moved an inch compared to where it should be a mile. I mean, seriously. Uh, the best they could do with chronic fatigue syndrome is give it a new name every f- four years. <laughs> it's it's actually demented. So, and we don't do that on this show. We talk about what causes these things. So let's go down to kidney disease. Kidney disease. Let's go into it a little bit. Chronic mystery kidney disease, and um, different varieties of chronic kidney disease. We could. There's a bunch of different names we can use. Um. You know, I mean, sure, we can do, you know, polycystic kidney disease, different varieties of kidney disease. Here's the deal with it overall. There's a whole bunch of viruses that are completely ignored and not even discovered yet, not even found under a microscope. I'm going to give you the the gist of it all now. There's the HHV6 that was discovered in the uh, mid-80s, HHV6, human herpes viral 6. It's also got a cousin that's, that was discovered. So two of the same virus were discovered, HHV6. But then some smart, really immunologists, biologists, really smart people discovered an HHV7. Those are discovered. HHV8 is a, it's not really a virus. It's a virus, but it's a cancer. HHV8 is a cancer. That's literally just a cancer. I mean... It probably at its viral state, I don't know when I, its viral state was so short, probably in existence at the time that was manufactured. I'm sure that was manufactured and, uh, HHV eight. And, um, and so, but that's a cancer, just a cancer, you know, cause all viruses that create cancers, they're not, they don't start out as cancer. They're not a cancer cell, but HHV eight, you know, mostly just that is a cancer cell. So I'm not even going to talk about that one really. 
it, it has nothing to do with kidney disease anyway. But HHV6, HHV7, those were discovered. But then funding gets cut off because you're getting too closer to the truth. So the system is, is whacked. And that is basically what I'm trying to say. Because those viruses play a role in kidney disease along with undiscovered HHV10, undiscovered HHV11, B12, so many different varieties. And HHV6 doesn't just have two two varieties. Two varieties were discovered. HHV6 has multiple varieties, multiple varieties. They can't even get into it because it's just not there. The minute somebody gets close to anything, shut them down. With Epstein-Barr, it was amazing. You know, uh, Anthony Epstein uh, and Dr. Barr, they had a little bit more pull in the system, a little bit more pull. And, um, and they, weren't, they weren't held or strapped to, uh, to, to U.S. medical law. They had some jurisdiction outside of the country, and they were able to get Epstein-Barr out there in 1964 and they were able to and thank god they did and they were able to um if they didn't spirit would have just called the virus something else spirit would have called it something um spirit calls calls undiscovered hhv11 hmm, spirit calls it that that i mean they'll probably name it hhv11 they'll probably name it hhv12 and all of its all of its cousins and, and strains and variations but spirit names those they haven't. So um, if Epstein-Barr wasn't discovered by Anthony Epstein and Dr. Barr in 1964, Spirit would have seen it anyway in people because Spirit's been seeing it since I was four years old in people. Um, and, um, and it's been around long before it's 1964. Spirit would have called it something else or called it hopefully a name that was close to the guy that was going to discover it in the science world. Um, but the, but the deal is, but the deal is, with what I'm saying is, is these viruses play a role in our organ diseases, in our organ diseases, kidney disease especially. Epstein Barr doesn't play a, a rule, a law, or it's not involved a rule in um, um, kidney disease. So it doesn't play a factor, and it's not a factor in kidney disease so much. It can be. Something that doesn't help kidneys because your kidneys have to process and eliminate so much backlog of neurotoxins and poisons that come from the Epstein-Barr when you're dealing with some other chronic illness that Epstein-Barr causes. I hope I still got you guys. Hope you guys, I still got you because I'm doing, a, I, I, I think I'm rambling a little bit and I just, you know, I get it. I get it. It's just one of those shows. <laughs> it's one of those shows today. Um, so Epstein-Barr does play some, you know, any kind of viral load you have in you doesn't help the kidneys. But a virus that attacks the kidney isn't going to be Epstein-Barr. That's not going to be a virus that attacks the kidneys. <clears throat> That's going to be in the HHV6 family, V7 family, V10, 11. Other viruses that tend to do, do different things. But we're, I mean, we're maybe another 50 years from knowing that a certain variant, a certain strain, variety of HHV6 is responsible for polycystic kidney disease or responsible for 
any kind of kidney disease. And we're still, we're, we're literally still 50 years away. But in the next 50 years, I promise you this, by then we'll have trillions into the gene factory. I promise you. And, uh, and, 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 and a couple of other factories too that aren't going to be helpful. They're going to make like it's helpful. They're going to pretend it's like it's helpful because they have to give themselves accolades for the amount of money going in, whether it works or it doesn't work. This is the bottom line. But nobody's going to stick billions of dollars into saying, let's just get that sucker. Let's just get that virus that's causing kidney diseases in, in, in millions of people globally. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's kill it. Let's, let's, let's figure out how to disarm it. No, no, no. Let's find it for the, in the first place. No, no, no. It just doesn't work that way. And that's why we do this show. That's why we do this show. This show isn't just about passing along just the same old garbage and misinformation that's on the internet or being passed around that's trendy or whatever. This is about getting down to the bottom of things and getting you the answers you need. So if we have a virus that can actually cause a kidney disease and we want to be antiviral and we want our foods to be antiviral and we want everything to be antiviral – so we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, want to want to go into a couple other things. So what does our kidneys do? I mean, it, it filters, gathers poisons, flushes it out, gets it down to the bladder, gets it out of our body. Um, poisons though that already the liver is processed for us, that has worked for us. And the liver does an incredible amount of work for us. It does all this processing, does all this cleaning, it does all this work for us, and. Um, then it releases clean blood out of the liver. What I mean by clean, it's neutralized poisons, poisons that were neutralized. And there's some, and there's some poisons the liver just doesn't get in time and they have to get flushed out down into the kidneys through the bloodstream. Either way, all the poisons that do accumulate and they have to get down to the kidneys, kidneys gather them up, do a little filtration. They don't filter as much as we think they filter, I mean, they're not just filters. That's why they're not just filters. They're gathering. They're gatherers. They're containment units. The containment units—they got a thick skin. They can handle a decent amount of poison. They got a thick skin on them. Thick skin inside of them. And they can gather a lot of different. They're like a containment unit. In fact, <clears throat> a containment unit that can build up some kidney stones. Because, you know, there's all kinds of crud that builds up inside those con- that containment unit. It's like the bottom of a barrel of oil has sludge on the bottom. If you open up a bottom, a bo- open up a barrel of crude oil, and that's been sitting there for quite some time, and you dump it out, you got some sludge on the bottom. You just scoop that sludge out, it'd be thick as molasses at the bottom. Could scrape it all out. It's just thick as molasses. Almost turned into a glue at the bottom of a barrel of crude oil. So, um, so at the same time, in the kidneys, all kinds of stuff collects and gathers and collects. It sits on the shelf. These little shelves in the kidney, and they can turn into stones. Depends on what's collecting and why the stone is created. Well, stones are created from excess protein, so excess protein in diets. So we're all about protein, 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 protein. We're taught that by rule of thumb. 
taught that by law. We're taught that by brainwashing. We're just taught that protein, protein, protein. We're so brainwashed about protein. It's insane. I mean, I, I, I can't even, can't even go into it. You know, there's a couple of things I try not to instigate or aggravate out there. And, and it's the protein thing. It's one of them. My sisters, I try to back down. I back down on the fight a lot because you just can't change somebody's thinking process on protein. I swear to God, I, you can't. Is protein important? Yeah, protein does play an important role. Is it everything? No, it's not everything. Can it hurt us? Yeah, it can hurt us too. That's right. And so, um, so I try not to go too far and I try not to go too crazy in the protein world because, you know, you're just going to have a whole bunch of people angry and they're just going to be like, no, you need protein, 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 protein. Oh my God. It's, it's utterly absurd. Okay. So, um, so, <laughs> so the lost because the law of the land started in the 1930s, all the institutions, all the schools that our grandparents went to. They were all they, – they were filled in with this, this rule book that the teacher had to teach the students. This is where you get your protein. Protein, this is it, – it's all about protein. It started from our grandparents. Then it gets passed on down the line or our great-grandparents. could be great-grandparents, great – you know, both, whatever. I don't know, depending on who it is. Um, and um, – and so it's ingrained and we can't break it. And then it just keeps on getting carried on and carried on and carried on. And, and it's not really women that carry it on. Women carry it on because they, they hear it 24-7 from men, meaning in all industries. In all industries, diet industries, the medical industry, whatever, whatever. And so um, it's really a man kind of thing. Protein's a man thing. Um, that's what it's all about. They're, they're, they're hand in hand. And it's, it's the one thing a man knows it's protein and it's never going to leave a man's consciousness because it's one of those kind of founding father rules somehow that's just, and that's just so impregnated so deep into a man's consciousness through, through osmosis of generations, um, that it's, it's never going to leave. So that's kind of like a whole man thing. And so a lot of, a lot of man books in the health field, they're all, you know, by men, men, dietitians, men, nutritionists, men, trainers, men, this, men, that's all protein, protein, protein. And that's, that's, look, that protein's fine. How much protein? What kind of protein? That's what, that's what matters. Protein is literally the basis of kidney stones. But the reason why I'm going off to protein land so much is, um, I have nothing against men. That's not at all. That's that's not at all. I'm just saying that's that's kind of where it's it's gonna stem from. That's where it stems from. That's where it stays. That's where the concrete it's concreted in, it's cemented in. So even if you're a woman, and you're like, well, you know what? I can get my protein from more spinach, or yeah, believe me, there's gonna be a hundred men like no, 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 out in the world of of professionalism or professional, you know, the professional world of any kind of health. So, um, and <laughs> really surrendering and giving up is, is the easiest way out. I get it. But the deal is, the deal is the reason why I'm going into protein to the degree that I'm going into protein is because protein is not good for somebody with a kidney disease. And it's not just about kidney stones. It's literally the hardest thing in the world for somebody with a kidney problem. And I say hardest thing in the world because... For a kidney, because literally it's what breaks down a kidney. It's what weakens a kidney. It's what reduces a kidney strength. 
it tires a kidney out, harms a kidney, hurts a kidney, exhausts it, makes a kidney weaker, a kidney that has disease even weaker and weaker. If there's one thing successfully that I've been able to do, and I know exists out there by other practitioners too, is minimizing protein with people with kidney disease, keeps them alive longer, keeps their kidneys alive longer, keeps them healthier, sometimes gets them out of kidney disease altogether, depending on what stages and so forth. And, and it's about minimizing protein. It's that important. The more protein you have in your diet, the harder your kidney has to work, the harder the kidney has to struggle with, the more the kidney has to struggle with. And that also includes fat. The more fat in the diet, the harder your kidney has to struggle. Too much fat in the diet, the kidney has to, it gets weak, it gets weak and weakens. So too much protein, too much fat. So what am I trying to say? Keeping protein down down a notch, keeping fat down a notch is, is a big deal for kidney recovery, for kid, for helping out kidneys, for helping out kidney disease, for stopping kidney, kidney disease, burdening the kidney with excess amounts of protein allows a kidney virus, such as a variety of HHV6 to keep on pursuing its quest for kidney disease. So this is just something to think about. It doesn't mean you have to stop your protein altogether. You can talk to your doctor. You can work on your diet. You can do all different things, but you just can't get pro- – you can't turn into a protein maniac. You can't because protein doesn't cure a kidney, but it doesn't, it doesn't feed a kidney. It doesn't restore a kidney, and the kidney actually doesn't use protein. So one thing to really think about is, is, is foods and different things we can do with foods. The worst thing in the world for somebody with kidney disease is eating animal protein three times a day. I'm not against animal protein. I'm against animal protein at high levels with someone with kidney disease. Well, that, that's what I'm against. I'm not against animal protein. Just against animal protein somebody with kidney disease. And, it, you know, there's a lot of people that are have a phobic towards anything non-animal. So they're very they're big phobias. Oh, wait, is he talking about veganism? Is he talking about plant-based? Is he talking about vegetarianism? I'm, he lost me. I'm out of here. That's not it at all. I'm talking about kidney disease. I'm talking about kidney disease. So it's really important to understand that if someone has kidney disease, you don't want to over-protein. You don't want to just go on the protein train and keep that protein, protein train full throttle. We get in trouble. And that includes a lot of different proteins. It includes protein from nuts. Say you're a vegan and you got a kidney disease. Because, you know, a virus got into the kidney a long time ago when you were a child. And it just percolated and sat in there and it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked. And, um, and it finally, you know, somehow was fed and triggered itself into a disease. You went vegetarian or you went vegan which could be really helpful, but you're eating a ton and ton of nuts, tons of nut butters and tons of nuts, lots and lots of nuts and seeds. That's hard on the kidney. That's all protein. So it's not that I'm attacking a protein diet, animal protein diet or anything. I'm just saying this is a kidney disease and I'm talking about protein. I just know that, you know, I just know I've been around the block and I just know that people are just, they get really upset when it's, when it's the protein talk. 
when it's the protein talk. So if you're dealing with kidney disease and you're vegetarian or you're vegan, you don't want to eat a ton of eggs, even though eggs have a heck of a lot of fat in them. And they have some other things too in them. You don't want to eat a lot of eggs because there's also a lot of protein in eggs too. A lot of protein. And so you don't want to be on like three, four eggs a day, chicken for lunch, you know, lamb for dinner with a kidney disease. That's, that's, that's going to be so counterproductive. But if it's all you got and it's all you have and you can't get any other food at all, I understand. Then just eat what you can. Just try not to overdo the portions with the kidney disease. And I get that too. People are in different places in the world. And, you know, I know this show reaches out to, you know, dozens of countries. This show's going all over the the planet right now. And I I get it. So if you're in a, a region or a place where all you got is lamb or all you got is something, all you got is pork, and that's what you got, then, then I get it. I get it. Okay, so I stand behind you. So what you do is you kind of minimize those those portions a little bit. And maybe we can, we can try to find it, a vegetable somewhere, some type of vegetable in your region. It might not even be near a store. Maybe you just have some old root cellar with some vegetables from the, gathered from the fall of wherever you are in what country. <clears throat> and I understand. Um, so I support so here's the, here's the deal. You can minimize your protein and improve your kidney disease or kidney problem. And there's so many people I used to help out over the years, and I don't help them one-on-one on one lately because, because I'm, I'm trying to get all this information to you guys. I'm only one person, and uh, I've worked on thousands and thousands of people since I was a child till, till recently and uh, worked with. And... Um, and I've seen it all with kidneys, and I've seen people recover from kidney disease, even some serious kidney disease. I've seen them go to dialysis less, um, avoid kidney transplants, um, you know, from family members and so forth. So I, I've seen it. So there is a lot you can do. So in the food realm, cucumber juice. So even if you're, you know, if you say, hey, look, I still got to have my protein. Um, it's just the only thing that's going to keep my doctor says it's what I need to do. Then let's get a little cucumber juice in there. It's incredible for the kidneys. Cucumber juice is, is something that helps the kidneys. See, no matter what, we're going to need a fluid inside of us. And that's another thing. Uh, that's a, like a fear for people with kidney problems is, do I drink? Do I not drink? If I drink too much, it stresses my kidneys. What do I drink? Well, you don't want to drink teas. God forbid you drink coffee or you drink teas. You don't want to drink crazy diuretics like that. So you want to keep teas and coffees. And I need to be cautious on some herbal tea. Seriously. Um, you talk to your doctor about it, but a little bit of a little bit of peppermint tea or a little bit of nettle leaf tea could be okay. A little bit of lemon balm tea. But you gotta be careful to the degree of how much teas you have when you have kidney disease. If you just have kidney problems and it's really mild, you could do a lot more and you can do more more lemon balm to go after the viruses that are in kidneys and you could do more more things like that. I mean, we're talking, there's so many different ranges of mild to severe with kidney disease and what kind of kidney disease there's, you know, there's different levels. I understand that if you're dealing with just uh, very mild kidney problems of some kind, you could do a lot of the, the, the antivirals and so forth that I always talk about in different shows. But, um, but food wise, a little bit of celery juice, that's an incredible sodium versus, you know, sodium, 
in general. Like with kidney disease, you get electrolyte imbalances. You get electrolyte issues. You get electrolyte problems. You get adrenal problems. Even though the adrenals aren't directly connected, I mean directly involved with the kidneys, they're still they're still connected to the kidneys to sit right on top. So, but electrolyte problems, a little bit of celery juice, even if it's just a couple of ounces of fresh celery juice in some cucumber juice, mixed in cucumber juice is incredible for kidney problems, people with kidney problems. And um, um, that alone is very helpful. Um, apples, incredible for kidney problems, apples. Um, you know, so don't be afraid of berries. Don't be afraid of apples. They're not that high in potassium. One of the, the things that's with real serious kidney disease is there's always concern about potassium. Um, potassium's hard on the kidneys. Potassium supplements is, is hard on kidneys. Potassium supplements. Potassium in some of the fruits isn't as hard on kidneys, but you don't want to eat the highest potassium fruits when you have a serious kidney disease. You don't want to eat the highest serious, the, the, the highest um, potassium-filled fruits. Like you don't want to have a lot of bananas. You don't want to have a lot of figs. You don't want to have a lot of avocados. These are a little higher in potassium. And there's the, so, but you can have a little bit of melon. You can have, there's ways of incorporating these foods that can help soothe and heal the kidney, help it flush out poisons easier by having a little bit of melon. Watermelon, a little bit of watermelon. These are things you can incorporate. You don't have to eat a half a watermelon. You can eat just a little bit of watermelon. You can have some celery, cucumber juice. You can have lettuces. Lettuces are really helpful for the kidneys. So you have more lettuces. Lettuces are high in protein, but it's a protein that doesn't affect the kidneys. Um, you can have a little bit of spinach. So you can have, you can have incorporate some of these, maybe a little, you know, a lettuce mix every single day in. Get a lettuce mix from a health food store. You can incorporate these different foods while still eating some other things that you can eat. You know, sweet potatoes, a little bit of sweet potato is okay for kidneys. It's easier on the kidneys. Um, you, but, but, but you don't want processed sugar. You know, we get afraid of sugars and different kinds of sugars. Yeah, processed sugars, sodas, all that's disastrous for kidneys. Look, I've seen people with kidney problems drink literally soda. Drinking soda. I'm talking about not even the good soda, not even a soda that you get in a health food store that's trying to be healthier, where it's got some kind of weird sparkling what's some kind of weird sparkling water soda. It's got like natural cane sugar in it. It's got I don't know, it's got whatever it is, you know what I mean? But it still has natural flavors or something not good in it. But it's not I've seen people with kidney disease eat a steak, wash it down with cola. I honestly, and then next morning, of course, it's, you know, they got an appointment for dialysis. So I, I'm not sure where everybody's at and who, you know, you might know family members. So you want to back them down off of those kinds of things. I mean, if they're doing cola, then of course you can give them a glass of lemon water. Of course you can give them a, a, a cucumber juice. Of course you could give them some, you know, chopped up apples and some berries put together in a bowl. These things matter. You can do this with kidney disease. These are not out of balance or problematic. You can still do a few nuts. You could still do a few seeds. So you can still do, um, you could still do fruits and vegetables. You could still do broccoli and cauliflower. You could still do a little bit of cabbage. You can still do, um, you know, steamed vegetables. 
You can always do steamed vegetables. Vegetable soups, don't add salt because if you put in celery in that vegetable healing soup or a healing broth, you don't need to add salt. You can get those electrolytes coming from those places. Squeeze in lemon water. It's great electrolyte, supports the kidneys, and it doesn't overburden the kidneys. It can help flush out toxins and help support the kidney. Um, Talk to your doctor about what you can do for antivirals, like natural antivirals. I like lemon balm for kidney diseases, a little bit of lemon balm. A little bit of nettle. These are gentle antivirals. A little bit of L-lysine. L-lysine is great for HHV6, HHV7, for other HHVs that aren't even discovered. Hope I'm not muffling. I actually just realized I had my hand on, you know, had my hand along my uh, chin here. And <laughs> hope I'm not muffling. Um, anyway, so, you know, you can do some of the gentle antivirals too. And you can talk to your doctor what supplements can that, – that the reason why I say talk to your doctor about supplements with kidney disease is because your doctor most likely has you on a medication, a kidney medication. And I don't want any confliction. The doctor will, you know, will have to do his research and say, well, this could conflict with the medication. I just don't know what medication you're on because there's so many people out there and there are so many different medications, believe it or not, with kidneys and, um, and different styles of way people are medicated with kidney problems. So you talk to your doctor about any of this that's supplemental, but barley grass juice powder, a little bit of that alone, you know, that, that, that can be really helpful, um, for the kidneys. You know, you mix it in some water and you sip a little bit of it, um, because it helps restore and, and, um, barley grass juice powder does have mild antiviral components, mild antiviral components. If you don't have kidney disease whatsoever, then you want to go. You want to. You want to take care of yourself. You want to. And, and you. You don't want to do dairy products with kidney disease, no matter what. Whether you don't or you do have kidney disease, you don't want dairy products. You don't want any milk, cheese, butter, kefir, yogurt. You just don't want those. They because they feed viruses that create kidney disease. They feed the HHV six family. So you don't want dairy. You don't want eggs. Eggs do feed the HHV six family. So if you do have kidney disease, you kind of you gotta. There's got to be a way to switch you out of eggs. In fact, believe it or not, a half a potato, half of steamed potato is is easier and better and safer for a kidney than an actual poached egg or boiled egg. So there's there's different things you can do there. And you could still have a little bit of avocado if you have a kidney problem. You still could have some things that have potassium in them. You can't be super afraid because chances are you could be on a diet anyway that's not helping the kidney way on the other side of the scale, like way too much protein in the diet that, or way too much fat and protein in the diet that may not be helping the kidney. So it's about just looking at the diet saying, how much protein is really in my diet? I have a kidney disease. How much protein? You go to your doctor. You say, look, I want to minimize the protein even though the doctor will most likely, you know, his head will explode. I want to minimize protein, but I want to keep my calories up. And I want to bring in some different fruits and vegetables wherever I can, some lettuces and some different fruits and vegetables, and maybe even a tomato, you know, maybe even tomatoes, something, cucumber slices, tomatoes, celery, celery sticks thrown in a salad, a little bit of avocado, or all thrown in a salad and having um, some sweet potato put it, you know, in that salad. But something just to break it up a little and not not have the heavy proteins. Sipping on lemon water, sipping on a little cucumber juice throughout the day, eating apples throughout the day. Apples are really helpful for kidneys. It's like a, it's incredible. So all of that incorporating it in, into kidney problems, kidney you know kidney issues.
And um, so the bottom line is once you know that, hey, okay, I got a kidney disease, so then it is – so something else is going on. It's not my body attacking itself. I have a viral issue. Once you know that consciously, your body starts to clean up that virus. Believe it because it's true. What happens – and I've seen it over and over and over again, and Spirit taught me this, that when you don't know what's wrong with inside your body – your body doesn't connect with your mind and your brain enough to kind of up your immune system in the right direction. But when you know, hey, wait a minute, there's a virus inside my left kidney. It's been causing this, this kidney disease. Now I could do something. I won't feed the virus. And at the same time, my body's going to go after the virus. And you send your body to go after that virus, start cleaning up that kidney. You send it in there. As far as because it, it believe me, when you have that connection right there, bam. <laughs> right there. That's it. That's it. Your body, you will, you know, you will improve. You will start knocking down for that viral condition because viruses aren't that strong. They're actually weak. They're only strong when we don't know what the hell they are, if they exist or they don't, or we don't know if it's in us or not. We've never been told. No one's telling us what's wrong with us. And so then they gain power. But when you know what it is, it loses power. It loses power. They're not strong. They lose power when you know what's going on. Always know that. Always remember that in every situation. Um, yeah, it's so important. It just is. So as far as um, as far as like I said about uh, kidney stones, that's just that's that's an excess protein issue in the diet. Um, that's the liver being overburdened by protein and fat. You got to clean the diet. You've got to reduce your animal proteins for somebody with with kidney stones. If you're a kidney stone producer and maker, if you're a factory, if you're a kidney stone factory, then yeah, you gotta you gotta knock down the animal proteins. Maybe one serving a day, maybe one serving every other day. You don't have to be vegan. You don't have to be vegetarian, but you really got to minimize it and get more fruits and vegetables in you. Get more salads in you. Get some juices in you when you can. You know, do other options. Get eat some butternut squash every single day. Butternut squash. Butternut squash would be okay for anybody with a kidney problem in general. You can have a little butternut squash, spaghetti squash, zucchinis. Steamed zucchinis are really great. Um, it's crook neck squash, yellow squash. All that's great too. These are good. These are pretty gentle for kidneys and a good food, good source of nutrition. <clears throat> so we're coming down to the end of the show. You know, I always feel like. If I just had more time, I could give you guys more in each show. But you know what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to just do another kidney show, and I will later on down the road and just and just keep on plugging away. Look, I stand behind you guys. I love you guys. I care about you guys. And um, just know that. Never forget it. And uh, I stand behind you 100%. Bless you. Bless your heart. Thank you for being on board with me today. I truly love you. It's why I have the gift. It's just to give you what I can. Take care. Bless you, bless you.